Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 436 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her exercise prescription. That's right. You know me by now. I'm all about getting up and moving it. So we're going to hear an interesting nuance from a fabulous expert. Before we begin, please know that this episode is made possible by our sponsor at Solaray Vitamins. That's S-O-L-A-R-A-Y. You know, I don't accept any sponsor unless I completely believe in what's going on here. For instance, I take my multivitamin every single day because you know why we always try so hard to get everything in, our fruits and vegetables, and you know how that looks by the end of the day. Oh, well. So we're here to fill in those gaps. So make sure to run on over to solaray.com to learn more about women's multivitamins and other supplements to help you fill in those gaps. All right. And this is your very first reminder to run on over to iTunes after this episode and rate and review the show because my entire team just loves to hear from you. That's just our way to stay connected. All right. It's time for Her. Her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. Exercise for women. Well, you know, I thought about this long and hard, and I said, what does it look like, an exercise prescription across a woman's journey through her hormonal milestones. And who better to talk about this than Dr. Laura Bielek. And she is a professor, a physical therapist and exercise researcher with a focus on chronic disease prevention at the University of Nebraska. She holds a doctoral degree in physical therapy, so I'm going to listen to her before I listen to somebody else. And she has current projects that are focused on bone health with a specific emphasis on postmenopausal women. Well, whoa, so instead of just muscle and fat, we're going to throw bone in the mix too. Thank heavens for that. And she's also She has industry and National Institutes of Health grant funding for her research. So I'm going along with this. She is also Associate Dean for Research in the College of Allied Health Professions in the University of Nebraska Medical Center. She is also a clinical advisor for Bone Health Technologies, which has an innovative way to be able to address keeping up with your bone mineral density. So Dr. Bielek, welcome to the Herb Podcast. Dr. Peek, it's very nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I'm passionate about this topic and it's exciting to be able to share it more broadly. So Dr. Bielek, for crying out loud, we're going to listen to you because you have an extraordinary background understanding certainly how a woman's body works. And one of the things that I've seen, and as you know, I'm on the board of the American College of Sports Medicine, so I listen to this stuff all the time. One of the things that's really important is for women to understand that over the course of their life, they have to keep changing things up because you can't keep doing things 
that you did when you were 20 in terms of level of intensity and all the rest of it. So it's really interesting to look at this right now more in terms of a customized, individualized approach by the part of a woman's journey that she's living through. What do you think about that concept? I think you're spot on. Our targets for exercise change across our lifespan, but also as we get older, we have different risk factors. And so we may target specific areas, muscle, bone, cardiovascular, based on our own personal risk profile. So it's important to think about this routinely, as you said. What you're doing in your 20s will be different than what you're doing in your 60s, and seek advice needed. So we're looking at strength, endurance, balance, and flexibility. One would hope when you're around 20 or so and you're still menstruating that you're kind of rocking it with a lot of that. As you know, as, and I know, physical activity has really fallen off the cliff for so many younger people, younger women especially. But let's look at this now. What happens when I'm 40 and I'm just beginning to enter the perimenopausal years with all of the body composition changes that are going to begin? Should I still be doing the same thing in terms of the percentage of time that I spend with endurance and strength? Because I know so many young women really hit it hard with their endurance. They're running and they're biking and, and they're swimming and all these things, but strength sometimes falls off and it doesn't even enter the picture in a big way or sort of a toss off. So what happens to that exercise prescription as a woman enters her perimenopausal years? I personally call the menopausal years the shape-shifting years because your body is fighting you increasing fat mass as you lose lean mass or muscle. It's just a fact of life. So understanding that that is the trajectory at the perimenopausal period before you actually hit menopause and then beyond, it's really important, as you say, to think about focusing on muscle strengthening exercises, which are most important to maintain muscle mass, weightlifting, resistance training, things like that. I'm going to throw bone in here because we begin to lose bone at this time period. I don't want to shift the complete discussion, but we also forget, let's go back to our 20s. We reach peak bone mass at 30. We assume our bones are great when we're young. We don't do anything, uh, quote, for our bones. But we know it's really important during childhood to have impact, exercise, resistance exercise, and ongoing activity to reach a higher peak bone mass. Now, wait a minute. Let me just interrupt you for a second. I want to make sure everyone out there on the Herb Podcast land heard you, and that is you actually reach peak bone mass at the age of 30. I think there's sort of like rumors going around that you don't start worrying about your bones until you're, I don't know, 65 or something. And you're saying that you start losing bone mineral density as of the age of 30. And that I want to make certain to drill home because when we think about 
our exercise prescription, we're spending a lot of time saying, I want to get my, you know, fat down. So I'm going to, my uh, subcutaneous fat, especially when I'm younger. So I'm going to really hit it hard with high intensity interval training and high levels of aerobic, which are known to be able to help control fat, et cetera. And if you're smart, you're weightlifting. And so you're going to be able to keep up with your muscular mass as well. But you never talk about bone. Poor little guy. You know, it's just sort of (laughs) kicked to the curb. Nobody really talks about bone. So I think one of the things that Dr. Bielik, who's an expert in the field, and I are really bringing home here is that you need to pay attention to bone. So it's muscle, fat, and bone, all three of them, okay? And, when you know, when you step on those little body composition scales that you buy out there, you know, with the little software that comes with it and everything, do you ever look at the bone mass part and, and see where you are in terms of what's normal and what's not and all the rest of it? Please start paying attention. So, all right, now we're entering the perimenopause, the shape-shifting years. What should women be doing to pay attention to all three of these elements? That's fat, muscle, and bone. I mentioned the dramatic shift in fat and lean mass, losing lean mass, gaining fat. But beginning a couple years before your menopause starts, and then continuing rapidly for the next five to seven years, women lose a lot of bone. It is a very steep downhill curve during this period. We still have enough bone mass during this period of time where we're not really fracturing. But what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for a fracture 10, 20 years down the line by not preventing that rapid loss of bone during this period. So I'll talk about what kind of exercises are best for your bone. Two things. We want lower extremity impact exercise, I'll define it in a moment, and resistance training. Resistance training, weight lifting for all the major muscle groups in the body, but there's multiple ways to lift weights. You need to do resistance training for strength, And lift a pretty heavy weight that you can only lift about 8 to 12 times before your muscles are tired. Sometimes you go to the gym, put on a lighter weight that we can lift about 25 times. Great exercise, but we understand for bones, we need a heavier load that we can't lift as many times. Let's talk about what lower extremity impact means. On its surface, we get it. Something where we're landing hard on the ground. But you know what? I'm in this age group of a postmenopausal woman, and there's not a lot of exercises that are comfortable for me, enjoyable for me, or that I have the strength to maintain where I'm landing hard on the ground. So I think the jury's still out on what we can do. Certainly things like aerobic or Zumba, where you're landing hard on the ground, is great. But There is suggestion of evidence that activating the muscles around the hip is important rather than just the lower extremity impact. So if walking, I'm using my hip muscles, but it's not challenging them much. So things like doing step-ups in an aerobic class, doing steps 
And personally, for me, I go up and down hills on my walk every day. I live out in an acreage and it's pretty steep. So I definitely activate the muscles around my hip, my hip extensors, my hip abductors. And so for women my age, that's what I would recommend. You know, we can't just go around jumping rope all the time. We're going to have some injuries, but doing exercises where you know you're contracting the muscles in the back of your hip. I love that. What about just plain old stair climbing in your house? Oh my gosh, that's great. And also many of you work in offices where you have multiple floors and you can take a break from work, go up and down several flights of stairs multiple times a day. So stairs are fantastic. Thank you for bringing that up. They're also pretty easy to access and uh, you can usually find them on rainy or cold days. One of my colleagues in New York bought a small rebounder you know, what's a rebounder? It's like a small trampoline. I actually own one too. And, you know, there was some evidence there that obviously jumping up and down like a ballerina on the stage, you know, it's a little rough for a lot of women who are over the age of 50 or probably not used to that and maybe have knee problems already, a little osteoarthritis, whatever. But the rebounder gives you sort of a soft landing at the same time you're also pushing against stimulating your bones. Have you found the rebounder to be helpful? I don't have any specific knowledge of evidence around that, but let's think about that and break it down. You're doing an exercise that requires you to activate the muscles around your hip to hold your body up. So it's softening the landing, which is helpful for our age, but you're eliminating that or you're lessening that, quote, ground reaction force stimulus on our bones, but you're adding a stronger muscle contraction around the hip. So theoretically, I would say that's a great exercise. I'm going to also interject with my personal bias here. The most important thing is to do it. It's like a savings account. There's multiple different areas to put your money but the secret is getting the money into a savings account. Pick an exercise that you enjoy. Pick an exercise that you can do more than a week. We often don't talk, well, we never talk about that in research studies, but let's be real here. The idea is to do lifelong exercise, and so finding something that fits the bill for your target and that you enjoy is key to success. I think that that is so right on. You and I both know that women are oftentimes told, especially as they enter the perimenopause, et cetera, you know, stay up with your exercise, and then it's sort of a toss-off, you know, it's a what exercise. Most women are just sort of staring blindly at their provider when they say something like that, like how much, what, you know, all the rest of it. And also take your, make certain you get calcium and vitamin D, because vitamin D is essential to optimize the absorption of calcium. And so women are encouraged to do their supplements because so many women are not getting enough of either. And here's a quick little sideline. I want to make sure everyone out there, please, the next time you're at your doctor's, insist upon a vitamin D level. That's a blood test because many providers are not offering that, you know, right off the bat. You insist upon it. You need to know what your level is. Otherwise, you're just, you know, walking around guessing. And 
most of the studies out there have shown that the a large number of people are vitamin D deficient and don't even know it. And it's sort of almost like pre-diabetes. You don't know that your blood glucose and your hemoglobin A1C are low until you get a blood test. So please be informed and knowledgeable about your own status. So going back to what we were saying is women really need to stay up with their exercise, especially in this critical time when they begin their coursing through perimenopause at the age of uh, 40-ish, and at the same time do their nutritional work. Now, when women can stay on top of their body composition pretty much with most of the very cost-effective body composition scales and software apps that kind of keep track of everything and give you a full breakdown, but when it comes to bone, this is a very interesting thing. So there's a test that you could actually look online. It's called the FRAX test. It's F-R-A-X, and sort of fancy little takeoff on fractures. And it's really a risk assessment on whether or not you're going to fracture a bone in the next 10 years. And this is based upon family history, your history, et cetera. You need to know what that FRAX score is. And it's easy. You just have to Google it and you can take the test online. And most women don't know anything about this. Many providers are not really on top of it and telling them to do that. So that's something you need to know. Please go out there and scope out your FRAC score. Next thing is, when do you start getting something we call a DEXA? That's D-E-X-A. The DEXA is a special scan of your bones, specifically looking at your lumbar area, your hip area. And what this allows us to understand is what's going on with your bone mineral density status. And if you start falling off the curve here a little bit, that means that you're now entering osteopenia, which is a loss of bone mass, And this is, again, when providers oftentimes are all happy. They're saying, well, at least you're not osteoporotic, so just stay with your exercise and go ahead and take your calcium and your vitamin D and eat healthfully to help supplement that. And, of course, Dr. Bielik and I kind of, you know, roll our eyes going, well, good luck with that because... (laughs) so much of the exercise and the clean eating sort of falls off because we're human beings and it's tough to oftentimes stay on top of all of this. So this is where understanding what that exercise looks like is so terribly important, especially as you start coursing through your 40s. So Dr. Bielik, your thoughts then about As you enter menopause, which on average for women in the United States is about age 52, anything changed there? What's going on? Because we're also decreasing estrogen levels, and estrogen is extremely potent in terms of maintaining bone mineral density. So what happens in menopause? Just what you said. There's a rapid loss of bone, 1% to 2% of our bone a year in the peri and postmenopausal, early postmenopausal period. So going to those osteogenic or bone 
preserving exercises is critical at this time period. Let's talk a little bit about exercise prescription. I told you to lift weights. What does that mean? I recommend that women in menopause use machines or body weight because we don't want to add abnormal forces with a handheld dumbbell, for example, because if we have osteopenia or early bone loss, we may be at risk for fracturing our spine. And if you bend over to pick up a 10-pound weight, you may feel pain in your chest. So using machines, position your body in a way that's safe and keep your trunk and your spine upright while you're lifting heavy weights. Recommend leg press, knee extension, knee curls, chest press, overhead press, pull-downs, all of those excellent. All the machines, make sure you're doing arms and legs and rotating between an arm exercise and a leg exercise. As I mentioned before, you want to lift a weight that you can only lift 8 to 12 times, but I didn't tell you. It takes a while to work up to this. We're also more prone to injury as we're older, so slowly increase the weight and you will start with a lighter weight that you can only lift about 20, 25 times. And I would say it should take you at least two to three weeks before you are at a load that you can only lift eight to 12 times before you fatigue. That means that you're lifting the weight correctly and fatigue between eight and 12 reps. Also for your core, there's a lot of exercises like planks, etc., to work the muscles around your spine. And so you can just Google core exercises. Usually they use body weight. I recommend two sets of 8 to 12 reps for each exercise. Believe it or not, there's diminishing returns with each set of exercise. So the first set you do, say, of leg press, you're going to get a lot of benefit for your muscles and bones. Second set, some, not near as much. By the time you get to the third set, its effects is much smaller. So I'm guessing you're like me. You have a very busy lifestyle. So if you only have to do two sets of each exercise that you're doing, that is doable. It's a smaller amount of time. And my hint is if you don't have time to do two sets, if you can at least do one set and be on your way, you have a great benefit there. I think that that's a fantastic prescription. And then what... Many women like to do also is some yoga, Pilates, maybe even martial arts like Tai Chi. Those are great for your trunk. Well, yeah. Those are fantastic. Balance and flexibility because those start going to you know where by the time you're 50 and women begin to notice that their balance is not as great. And we already know through the literature that balance starts being an issue even if it's a small one, it's, you know, that's all you need to fall. Your job in life is not to fall. You do not want to fall. And especially over the age of 50, 60, and beyond, the older you get, the worse this gets, you're much more likely to fracture, especially a hip. And if you go in the hospital for something like that and you're older, it carries with it a 25% mortality. And of the people who are able to get through the recovery and the rest of it, only 50% ever reach, get back to their, their beginning 
level of physical activity and function. So at all costs, you know, you want to be able to be strong enough to stay vertical, not fall, have the balance and flexibility to be able to maintain that functional independence as you go forward. You know, I'm thinking, Dr. Bielik, you know, when you're younger, it's all about looking hot and looking good. You know, you go to the gym and, you know, there you are and in those wild outfits and everything. And you're looking for a partner and, you know, whatever. And, and that's that part of life. But boy, by the time he hit 50, it's like, I just want to be here tomorrow. <laughs> and I want to be able to lift my groceries and I want to be able to hear something that I love to always bring up. If I do happen to trip or something and I didn't break anything, and but I'm on the ground, how do you get up? Well, no front end loaders showing up, you know, to help you. And if you're all alone, then you're on your own. What is the actual physical activity that you do to get up? It's kind of like a push-up. So if you can do even a bent knee push-up, that gives you a much better idea about how you could actually help yourself should you find yourself in a situation like that. So I'm like a nutcase about push-ups. Now, I didn't say a full-leg push-up. You never have to really do that. If you want to, knock yourself out. But just even a bent knee push-up, and if your knees are a little funky, then obviously put towels or some soft padding underneath your knees. But, you know, if you have to get up, you're going to have to be able to get up. What do you think of my idea, Dr. Bielek? That's a great idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer another suggestion there. In our age group, there are women with many different abilities. You may be heavier, but you want to work on your arm strength. The other thing you can do at home is make sure you have on shoes that don't slide, stand a little bit farther away from the wall, and put your hands on a wall and do a push-up against the wall. So again, starting slow, progressing, not only because that's what our bodies can handle, but believe it or not, our bodies respond to the exercise. We talked about it building bone, but our muscle gets stronger, our ligaments, our joints. We need to give our tissue time to respond to the activity and get strong enough to tolerate it. If you do too much too quick, I'm sure we've all done that, we get sore. When you were young, you could be a weekend warrior and you could take a couple Advil and power through. Once you're older, you need to be very careful and prevent injury for lifelong health. I do want to talk about independence with aging that you mentioned. That is very important and we absolutely recommend strength training for folks clear throughout the lifespan. It gets more and more important to maintain our independence. And there's lots of studies that show that older adults really can lift weights, that they can only lift eight to 12 times. It's a lower resistance, but it can definitely be done. And with balance, lots of great ideas. Tai Chi is another one. It uses your core. It's has been shown to be beneficial for bones, but Tai Chi is very effective for preventing falls. So that's another idea. Also, for those of us that are a little younger and active, I think doing sports where your body is moving and changing directions. How about pickleball? 
fastest growing sport in the U.S. Oh my gosh, I just love pickleball. I started it a year ago and now I'm like a nutcase about it. It's so good. You're right. Oh my gosh, it's fun too. Yes. And if you join a league, you have a schedule. Maybe you're going twice a week. So there's many benefits to that. Again, going back to what do you like to do? What can you continue to do? Build a lifestyle that will prevent falls 20 years later. You know, I I look at physical activity very much like nutrition. Don't eat the same thing all the time. Are you kidding me? You've got four seasons of the year. Take advantage of all the cool produce that keeps showing up every season and diversify because your microbiome in your gut just loves diversity and it keeps up all of the populations of the 11 trillion little friends with benefits down there. So please diversify with your nutrition. Same thing goes with physical activity. To your point, Dr. Bielek, one of the things that makes me crazy is when I see a woman go, yes, and I walk every day four miles and that's all I do. Ah, okay. Well, please knock yourself out and keep doing that, but you've got to add in other things. You've got to be able to start to diversify, if anything, just to keep the everything interesting here. You don't have to do it every single day, but sit down and really plan. Say to yourself, I'm going to take that Tai Chi class. Wow, I had no idea my balance was so far off. You know, I can't do that, you know, hold the one leg thing. How about flexibility, which you'll get from Tai Chi as well as yoga, Yoga is fabulous, and all of this is on YouTube and you know videos everywhere, so it's not like you have to go to 900 classes or something, but you need it. You absolutely need it to be able to hit, right, endurance, strength, balance, and flexibility. You need that, and I just really love, Dr. Bielek, that you brought up that whole movement of the hips. Because that just made me think to myself, I was kind of doing my own little inventory. Uh, Yes, I am an athlete, and so I've been at this for decades. But I say to myself, wow, you know, I'm really going to pay more attention now to what I'm doing with my hip flexors and maybe enrich that a little bit more based upon what you just told me. Now, I do one thing that actually gets everything. And to your point, nobody has to do this. Many women are starting to do it, starting at an earlier age, so they're more adapted, but anyone could do it. And I use the kettlebells. The reason why I like kettlebells is it's high-intensity interval training. You really rock and roll with the hips on this one because you have to to engage core. So whether you're just doing deadlifts or you're doing swings, whatever you wish to do, and you could take the lowest weight on the planet and you'll still get great benefit. But, you know, I'm one of those women, I know you'll laugh, Dr. Bielek, who likes to multitask. (laughs) And so I like to be able to get endurance, strength, balance, and flexibility, along with a little bit of high-intensity training all at one time. So I could be happy, my little body composition can be happy with my bone and my fat and my muscle. So what do you think of my little kettlebell prescription? Well, yes, I love kettlebells. I'm just going to remind the women, though, if they have osteopenia or they're older, you have to use good posture when you pick up and you use the kettlebells. Yes. 
There's something called the vertebral compression fracture, which we mentioned before. It's classically what you what happens when you think of an older woman that has a curved forward spine. So over the years, your spine collapses little by little in your chest area to where you can't stand up straight. Those fractures can be very painful and they're very real. Oftentimes they'll happen before you even know you have low bone mass. How do we prevent that? Keeping an upright posture with all activity. Also in your house, think about the dryer. This is the example I like to use. Do you stand up and bend over and curve and try to pull all the, the laundry out? I recommend that you kneel down so that your trunk is straight to peel to pull your laundry out. Also, to your point about changing it up and being active long term, I don't know how many of you have grandkids, but every time I'm on the floor, pick up my grandchildren, especially my two-year-old granddaughter, I realize how much strength it takes to get up from the floor. And so it's really important. Well, that's a motivating factor for me. But even just kneeling down on one knee and standing up, that is a good exercise. So again, I love the kettlebells. The other thing you brought up that's really important is changing it up. Our body gets used to the same kind of exercise. And so it's important to use the muscles and the bones in different manners. So if you're lifting weights and you enjoy that, you want to change it up a bit. Maybe you're going to do a standing machine for squats. Change your angle of your chest press. You can work with a, an exercise trainer at most any gym to talk about different options for these types of exercise modifications or changes. So it is important to change. And I love your comment about doing multiple things at the same time because I stand on one leg and do balance exercises when I brush my teeth all the time, toe raises. I think some of that's just to accommodate my ADHD, but as long as I'm getting a little muscle strengthening in there, it's great. I love it. Well, you know, changing it up is true of everything in life when it comes to our optimal health. So when it comes to brain health, don't just get used to doing only one thing. What you want to do is you want to change it up. Keep challenging yourself. A new skill. Learn a language. Do anything. But once you get kind of settled in your ways and you no longer challenge yourself, that's a very bad thing. That is not going to be optimizing your brain as well as your body health. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of get into this whole exercise prescription because women get in a rut. And then once they get in a rut, it's like boring. Then you don't want to do any exercise. It's like, no, 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 no. So I highly recommend that everyone out there pay attention to their body composition throughout their journey in life. So there are so many companies out there now that have a body composition scale that comes with uh, an app where you can keep track over time. I know I do because I'm a body composition nutcase. You know, it's about the quality of your body, not just the quantity. Quit looking just at your weight. That's just one element, one item. Look at everything else and then break it apart and say, I want to improve this, I'm going to do that, and back and forth. Really important, so I highly recommend that. 
Second thing is have a conversation with your physician, whether it's your primary medical provider or it's your gynecologist who women see every year anyway, or you should be. And that is ask the question, when can I have a DEXA, my first DEXA? And that question should be asked in your 40s. I know a lot of guidelines are kicking around out there. They say, wait until you're 65. What What are you, crazy? You know, wait till you're 65. It's too late. Most women then who didn't, you know, get the knowledge base on this are already osteoporotic. Oh, no. So I like to hit it in the 40s, especially if you do that FRAX score, F-R-A-X score, and you find out that, you know, you're at risk. You better show that to your GYN or your primary care provider and say, I need a DEXA right now. I need to have a baseline, want to know where I'm going, need to track this over time. That's certainly what I did because I'm at high risk from a family with lots of osteoporosis, and I hopped on that little Hummer early on. And my athleticism, especially everything that Dr. Bielik mentioned, has been activated for many decades now. And I stay on top of that because it gets tough and challenging if you haven't already laid down a good foundation for physical activity. But, you know, as Dr. Bielik, I know, will confirm and affirm, it's never too late. Dr. Bielik, take it away. When a woman looks at you and says, I'm 60 years old and I'm a train wreck, it's too late. Oh, no, no, you know me so well. I mentioned before, lots of studies show that the elderly, even those that are in a long-term care center, can lift weight and improve their function doing resistance training. But I agree. It's a change to start exercise if you haven't done it before and get help, get support. Go to a reputable fitness center and ask a trainer to help you start your weightlifting program. There are places online, start slow, build it up, and you will be amazed at the progress you can make. And I do want to mention one other thing that Dr. Peak said, yes, we do want to maintain our muscle mass for function, but I'm sure she's also talked about the importance of muscle mass compared to fat mass in preventing diseases like diabetes and heart disease. So weightlifting is very beneficial. You're not giving up on other chronic disease preventions. It's all important. And one other little tidbit we talked about physical activity. That is separate from our exercise program that we're going to do maybe at the gym a few days a week. Get an activity trainer. Try to also keep up your daily activity where you're up and down and on your feet. We know that's a separate and independent risk factor for all health issues, including bone, diabetes, etc. I use my little Apple, it tracks my steps. and On your Apple Watch? Well, it's not Apple Watch. It's, it comes off my phone. It's built in. It keeps all the health data on a daily basis, and um, it's a step counter and the rest of it. I like to have a little look at that every day and make sure that, to your point, which is so critical, there's hitting the gym or you know really having a concentrated exercise session at home, however you're doing that. But there's also activities of daily living. And, you know, so as I always say, you know, try to assume more of the vertical and less of the sitting. 
try to stay up and more physically active throughout the day and be very mindful of how long you're actually sitting for. I wear the aura ring and it scolds me after a certain period of time and says, time to stretch your legs. That's code for get off your behind. You've been sitting on these virtual meetings way too long and all the rest of it. Speaking of technology, you are a clinical advisor for Bone Health Technologies. Now, are you telling me there's more to this story than just exercise and nutrition for women especially who are beginning to show a decrease in their bone mineral density? Is there a little something we can potentially anticipate in the future here? Yes. Currently, the guidelines suggest that if you're at very high risk of fracture with the fracture, as you described, or your DEXA scan says you have osteoporosis, that a medication for your bones is recommended. Those are great medications. I am not going to discourage anyone from taking that. They work together with exercise to help us prevent fracture. But we've mentioned a couple times that early bone loss phase, osteopenia, low bone mass, before we get there, we're doing the full court press with diet and exercise, but it's difficult. And so Bone Health Technologies has a medical device. It's a belt that you wear tightly around your hips and it delivers vibration to your sacrum because we know that other studies looked at vibrations effect on bone health and showed some positive effect. Previous studies had people standing on a vibration platform. Per our previous conversation, who has time to stand on a platform? So this is a mobile, local vibration device, and we just presented the pivotal trial that suggests that this device maintains strength of our lumbar spine bones. So it's very exciting, and I know physicians are very excited to potentially have another tool in their toolbox to prevent bone loss before it gets to osteoporosis. That's fantastic news. You know, go figure, technology is going to be showing up everywhere, and this sounds like a real unmet need on the part of women, especially who have osteopenia. I highly recommend that people go to bonehealthtechnology.com, bonehealthtechnology.com. I understand there's some kind of a wait list while the technology is going through all of its uh, review by the FDA and all the rest of it. So get on that wait list and stay on top of these this new technology because, I mean, it's quite novel and innovative. And I'm so glad that you're involved with this, Dr. Bielik. So we'll have to circle back with you for even more. I could talk to you about this forever because mostly I love to talk about it. <laughs> but we have run out of time. So all I can say is this has been exquisitely informative, and I know that the Her Podcast audience has been taking notes furiously as you've laid down a woman's exercise prescription for lifelong wellness. I just want to thank you so much on behalf of our large listening audience out there for imparting so much great knowledge and wisdom so that we can put this to practical use. So thank you so much, Dr. Laura Bielik. Thank you for the invitation. I am passionate about 
exercise for bone health. It is the forgotten frontier. So thank you for allowing me time to speak to your audience and to the audience, tell all your friends, learn about exercise for bone health and do it together. Absolutely. Get that DEXA. Take the FRAX test. Do your body composition, muscle, fat, bone. Don't forget all three of them. Those are my little final reminders. And I want to give a major shout out again to our sponsor, SolarayVitamins.com. I told you I don't accept any sponsor unless I believe in the product and use it. So in this case, I use the Solaray Collagen Bone Complete. Why? Because I'm at high risk because of my family history, and I really want to stay on top of both my, all of my muscle, fat, and bone. And so run on over to solaray.com to learn more, please. And now, speaking of running over, get on over to iTunes, rate and review the show, because I can't wait to hear your thoughts about this. Any questions, any th- feedback you want to give us is just golden. Why is that so important? Well, it's because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, the host of the Herb Podcast. Listen, follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, Spotify, all of the platforms, because we're here to inform about your feminine body. Hey, listen. Thanks for being here today. Stay safe and stay well.